It's not easy being green. This week on Young Nostalgia, we're getting the Saturday Night Fever. Let's take a look. And welcome back to Young Nostalgia. I'm Nolan. As always, Ben is six feet away from me, clicking very loudly, but trying to be softly on his brand new keyboard. <laughs> this is episode 91 of Young Nostalgia. Thank you so much for joining us. Ben, how you doing today, big guy? I'm doing good. <laughs> you, you just like gave up. You're like, screw it. I'm just going to type as loud as I can. <laughs> uh, well, see, I was trying to call you out. I was trying to call you out because I, for some reason, I didn't think Saturday Night Fever was from the 70s. I thought it was going to be 80s, but. Is it from the 70s? Yeah, it's 1977. Oh, okay. Dang it. Okay. It would have been best if it came out like December 1979 or something like that. I know. I know. I was trying to call you, but couldn't make it happen. I was really hoping. I was flying by the seat of my pants. I was like, it seems like it would be something from the 70s. So here we are. Oh, you got by on this time. <laughs> I always got Ben to keep me honest. Episode 91 here for you guys. Uh, We're going to try and keep it more lightheartedness like we did last week in the wake of how the world is still trying to get over and cope with whatever is happening out there because who knows, we've been cooped up inside. Uh, For all we know, it's it's actually all over, but we're still inside and just don't know about it. You like those people? uh, uh, I can't remember where it was. It was those group. I think it was uh, Japanese soldiers that they... It was years and years and years and years later they finally found him in the jungle and they did, had no idea that World War II was over. Oh gosh, I think I remember. Yeah, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. What? <laughs> oh god. Cor- coronavirus? <laughs> what? Huh? What? Yeah. <laughs> but in all honesty, we do hope that you are holding in there. Uh, anybody affected, whether it be you or somebody that you know, please give them our best wishes. Uh, everything will be okay. We're going to get through this. Let's just focus on the good for about. 30 to 35 minutes right here on Young Nostalgia. Episode 91, we're going to be talking about uh, leaping back throughout the 1970s in a nutshell, kind of continuing our theme of every decade. We'll pinpoint some big uh, happenings or uh, an interesting news or factoids that are cool to talk about. So 1970 is the decade we'll get into this week. Um Anything else, big guy? You're like switching the camera around. It's kind of, it's making me woozy. I didn't mean to. I was just trying to make the little thing go away on the screen. Ah, uh, okay. <laughs> yep, sounds good. <laughs> no, we got nothing more. Let's dive right in. All right, sounds good. I wish everybody could see the way that Ben looked right now. He honestly looks like he's been under a rock. I mean, I no, I actually, I, you, I kind you, of you always look like have, somebody straight from the. I kind of always have that 70s. homeless look going on. <laughs> That's true. You've always got the homeless look. It's kind of just a Honestly, varying man. levels. It's it's coming back. It is. Well, I mean, I think it's been back for a while. Right now, we're and I, I dearly love it. We're in the grip <laughs> of a kind of a an eighties theme in pretty much all stylings. Yes. Uh clothes, hair, glasses, everything is is super eighties right now. I was actually just talking about this with uh, my brother the other day about how I don't know why, because growing up, anything 80s was just horrible to me. Um, <laughs> right. But now, for whatever reason, it's just great. Like, 
any and all of the 80s styled stuff that's coming out right now is just fantastic. But the bad news of all this is, is what we were actually talking about, is it went from 70s a couple years ago, 80s now. Unfortunately, we're going to be hitting the 90s here in a year or so. Which <laughs> the 90s was a rough. Period. The 90s was t- everything about the 90s was uh, terrible. <laughs> fanny packs, fanny packs, and then you take your flannels and you tie them around your waist. Oh, that was God. the coolest look in the entire world. Yeah, that. Oh my, and, like the whole grunge thing. Yeah, the Just, grunge, like the punk. No, it's so, oh so bad. So <laughs> bad. Those are the days, man. I love it. Oh, like before we get into the show, not to derail us too much, but uh, I was going through my record collection that I got from our parents, Michelle's and my parents, you know, together, uh, and because they don't listen to it anymore, so they handed handed them down to me. And I was going through them to try and downsize a little bit uh, while we're gearing up to move in the next couple of weeks, and I came across a workout vinyl, like. <laughs> workout vinyl like this lady in you know jumpsuits exactly like jazzercise (laughs) but on vinyl i'm like what the heck is this i mean you know if you're in the wrong spot you'll be like shaking the whole house working out listening to this vinyl and then you'll have to stop the workout to flip over to the other side i hope it just like stops mid-workout so you're just doing like step ups (laughs) and then all of a sudden it's like please flip over the record like the the absolute peak of the workout and be like it just all goes silent I'm like please turn to side b yeah right it's just like you're sweating and then all of a sudden it's like no, i'm okay. just thinking about like you better hope like you've got sturdy floors in your house or something like that because the vinyl's just going to be skipping it if it's like Absolutely. counting along as to what you're supposed to be doing and you, you get 12 to, 22 30 well i'm just thinking it keeps going back like you got to do oh go uh, back jumping jacks or whatever it is supposed to be and you're supposed to do 10 like nine. Oh my nine nine <laughs> nine <laughs> it's like you can't, oh dang it my phone keeps on falling but you yeah that's get like your act together you're, there <laughs> you're, the workout doesn't actually ever stop right <laughs> oh my god well i feel like you lose a lot of people with the whole like turn over the vinyl thing they're like no i'm done i can't do this anymore <laughs> i'm going out for ice cream instead right like how far do you actually make it oh my god that cracks me up maybe maybe i'll post a picture of it on our social media just so people the question can. is have you listened to it yet no i haven't i have really you, actually wanted to put it on but i just haven't you can i feel like you got to listen to it and if it's really bad i mean obviously get rid of it but i feel like you have to keep that one really just for like comic relief oh obviously yeah just cash casually listening on the couch to a jazzercise workout final. right <laughs> Or you could just what like are you doing on your Sunday afternoon. You know, have a like a friend come over who's also super into vinyl and oh yeah, check yeah. out my vinyl collection and then like sneak that onto the record player and start playing it and just be like, oh my god, <laughs> broccoli, <laughs> carrots. <laughs> listen, listen to your parents. All right. God. Okay. Thank you guys so much for sticking with us. Let's get into episode ninety-one, nineteen seventies. In a nutshell. Gosh, that was amazing. That was a good conversation. Okay, so Ben, why don't you kick us off with some factoids in terms of what, how far did money go in 1970? All right, so this is kind of the common theme we've talked about in these Decade in a Nutshell shows. So this one's interesting because we actually have broken down by what the value of a specific item was in 1970 compared to what that 
uh, item was in 1979. Um, and <clears throat> this is pretty interesting because there's, of all the decades that we've talked about so far, the jump in the 70s, from 1970 to 79, is the greatest of all the shows we've talked about so far. Um, <clears throat> so in 1970, a new, the average new house cost $23,400. Um, and then by 1979, that average had gone all the way up to $58,500. Um, Jeez. which is, I mean, that's well over a hundred percent jump. Right. Uh, which seems pretty crazy that it can go, that it can jump that high in, uh, just 10 years. And obviously there's, there's different, there's different things that go into that. There's obviously the inflation factor where the money, um, it's going to cost, everything's going to cost more in general, you know, 10 years later, but there's also, you have to look at, uh, the average, uh, income might've gone up as well. And so people are generally speaking, people are buying bigger, more expensive houses too. So, um, right. there's kind of a lot of factors that go into that one. I, but I, I still thought even with all of them in there, uh, an over double, uh, in almost 10 years was pretty amazing. <clears throat> Absolutely. Are you bored? You're yawning on. I'm sorry. On... <laughs> I was trying to really. <laughs> um, it's okay. You know, they always say, you know, if your podcast is good, if you would listen to it and trust me, I, I would listen. <laughs> so we're okay. That's good. That's funny. Um, so the 1970 uh, average income per year uh, was $9,350. Um, and this is a pretty good explanation of the previous housing cost. Um, by 1979, it was all the way up to $17,550. So the actual $17,550. Right. What did I say? (laughs) You said $17,550. Oh, well, it just, I, it just came out with I figure listeners know what I'm talking about here. Like, they're, they're picking up what I'm putting down. It was, it was just so funny. Um, you know what? This stuff always interests me. Like, out of everything that we talk about on here, what is the one thing that drives up everything? Or is it everything going up at the same time? Like, is the one? I just want to know what is a big catalyst for all of this? Like, the actual cause and effect? Right. Like, what? What jumps first to make the other stuff right. jump? So, like I feel like the housing market, you know, is a pretty big one, obviously. Right. Well, it's, I mean, even housing market's controlled by a lot of different stuff, too. Um, as as True. people have more buying power, then, I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's supply and demand. If more people are out there with looking to buy houses, so the, the more people with more money is going to drive the price of houses up because it can like if someone right with you know supply and demand if someone is doesn't matter what the value of a product is if someone's willing to pay so much money to have that product then that's what that product costs um and right. the more people who want that product who have money um the the higher cost that product is going to be um so it's really kind of hard to it is hard to uh look at 
the actual cause and effect of prices going up? You know, was it cost of living going up, which was driving the uh, wages up, which is then driving up other non-cost of living type things? Right. You know, and it's just, yeah, it just never ends. It's crazy. And by this time um, in the 70s, obviously we're... Uh, the United States was off the gold standard as well, which is also doing funny things to the market um, in terms of value of the dollar. So, okay. you know, at this point in time in American history, there's so many different factors that are uh, they're at play in this conversation. Crazy. All right. So let's dial the listeners back in a little bit. And uh... <laughs> after all that... <laughs> Economy one, uh, economics yeah. one hundred one. Yeah, people really tune into Young Nostalgia <laughs> to hear our uh, expert economics <laughs> analysis. Yeah, expert. <laughs> that's the key. Uh, nineteen seventy gallon of gas was thirty six cents by nineteen seventy uh, nineteen seventy nine eighty six cents. So we're seeing a pretty even, roughly fifty or roughly hundred percent jump across the board here. Um, mm-hmm. Nineteen seventy average cost of a new car was thirty nine hundred dollars. Um, by 1979, it was uh, $5,770. Um, that jump is a little bit lower than we've seen in everything else. Um, potentially just because, well, you got to think, look at the look at the car models that were popular in the 70s and the kind of change that we saw in the market. We were getting away from the big giant cars and going more to economy, right. economy size cars, which are inherently going right. to be cheaper. With like Hondas and all that kind of making their debut, yeah. With like the uh, with the compact, really a, a big entrance of foreign vehicles at this time. Um, there always were in the economy. Obviously, Volkswagen was big and um, Datsun was there, um, but definitely a, a Japanese market starting to get bigger in the United States in the seventies. Right. Um, so just kind of hitting a few more, few more of the highlights here. Uh, price of a loaf of bread twenty five cents. Which is crazy to think about. Oh, here I probably should talk about these before. Uh, Ford Pino, uh, the epitome of luxury in the 1970s. Nineteen hundred nineteen dollars. While a Ford Galaxy 500 of the same era uh, would run buyers up just a little over three thousand uh, dollars. Still kind of on the low end of the new cars in the 70s, but. Still right. pretty cheap, you know, people think, I mean, that's roughly, let's say $2,000, uh, kind of between those two cars. I mean, that's, that's still a lot more money than, that's on par with like a high schooler's first car. Yeah, right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Nowadays. Like the one that you have to put wheels on yourself and then you can drive. Right. Just absolute, it, it's hard to find beaters for that cheap. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> um, so I guess I'll kind of go ahead and hit the the last big note here. So some of the big movies um, of the 70s, of course, we have. This is, of course, not all of them, but these are just some of the notable ones. We have Love Story, um, Airport, MASH, and Jaws, of course. Jaws, oh, of course, yes. being kind of renowned as the first blockbuster. Okay, cool. I like it. And composed by John Williams, one of the top people that we talked about a few episodes back. There we go, bringing it full circle. Hey, 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 hey. Uh, okay, uh, quick, quick, quick little snippet here. Samsung 
Samsung originally sold noodles instead of their famous TVs and electronics. It wasn't until 1970 <laughs> that they actually started selling electronics. What's so funny? Uh, that cracks me up. I had, until oh, okay. going through show prep today, I had absolutely no idea that Samsung was more into food and food preparation Yeah. before yeah, they got into electronics. Crazy. And now they're one of the big names. Uh-huh. I mean, other companies, Apple, I believe, uses Samsung components. Oh, um, yeah. In their phones. Uh, yeah, no, I know a lot of like companies kind of do that, you know, mm-hmm. outsource to each other. Right. And Samsung, yeah, it's, not it's only crazy. do they have their own big brand, but they're also a huge source for other companies. Right. Oh, you know what they should have done for branding nowadays is that if you buy a brand new Samsung flat screen TV, you get a package of noodles for free. That would be super funny. Like kind of getting back to their roots. Yes, like this is where it all started, <laughs> or or like the model of the Samsung is called the Noodle. The Noodle. <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy God. to me. And That's this crazy. is why I don't work for Samsung. Uh, and <laughs> moving on to some more of like the pop cultureness of what the 70s held in 1970 the popular band the beatles announced that they have disbanded um as they finished up recording their last album let it be um 1972 pong the first video game to have commercial success was actually released um what a game isn't that nuts pong back in 1972 came out and i believe it was atari was it atari i think atari or is it just a plug and play kind of thing? No, I, I, I believe like initially Pong was its own thing. Oh, okay. Um, For some reason, I feel like we should know that. Well, yeah. I, well, we've talked about it a little bit in the past about how um, Pong is really cool because obviously it's a video game, but it is not a hundred percent software based and firmware based. Right. It is a huge portion of the gameplay is based off of the hardware of the controller, which is. Mm-hmm. Which is why it's really hard to emulate nowadays. Um, right. Because it's not like you can just take the original game ROM, even though it wasn't on a disc or a card or anything like that. A lot of these older games, you could still kind of somehow interface with it and extract the game and play and make it run on a browser or a modern machine. Um, Pong, you can't do that with because a lot of it was actually in the hardware of of the game system. Um, and less decision-making based in uh, software. That's really cool. And it was. It was manufactured and developed by Atari. Oh, then, it was actually? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, it's think... kind of cool looking at like these old big cabinet. It was like a big cabinet of Pong, and it just had like a tiny little tube TV in there with two knobs, almost like an ed- like a big SS, uh at your sketch right but there's yeah it's, it looks kind of cool right because i think yes there were the cabinet versions um but even before it was lumped into the rest of atari stuff it originally came out by itself and it was a like a little uh console that you could plug into your tv as well right I mean, um, yeah the tv stuff and then later on it was lumped into other game systems like atari and it was you know, kind of lumped in with the rest of the games. But uh, initially, in 1972, it was a standalone. That's all there was. Um, That's awesome. Yeah, super cool. That is cool. Uh, 1972 as well. The first U.S. cable subscription service, HBO, is introduced 
Um, and that's when all motels and hotels advertised HBO included, mm-hmm. which, I, which you know, I can I can see as being a big you know selling point back in the day. Like, ooh, HBO, you know, mm-hmm. limited edition HBO. Oh yeah, definitely. I mean, it, it's just now nowadays. I think I think some places do advertise HBO or their their actual cable subscription like goes through HBO and it's like their cable right. package it's it's all in one included but now it's now just with basic cable you get so much stuff that you know HBO is unless you're really a Dang it. Will you please just like that. <laughs> Nolan's phone is just flying I'm all over the so place I'm so sorry um <laughs> you know unless you're somebody who's super uh, a super heavy TV watcher um, you just don't really need HBO for the normal day-to-day shows you want to watch. Um, right. Like we had HBO a while back um, just for a couple months while we were finishing up Game of Thrones. And it's like, we'll probably maybe get it again in the future if a TV series comes out that we really want to watch. But it's not like we we don't have it to use all the time. We're like We get it for a set period of time and we like hammer out the show that we want to watch and then we cancel the subscription. Right. Like, Right, like like it's not it's not a cable network anymore. It's literally just another streaming service available to you. Oh yeah, like Honestly. we don't we don't like have cable at our house at all. So we right. entirely do it through streaming, and uh, HBO is the same way. Like it, none of it's actually cable anymore. Right, <laughs> it's nuts. I love it. Uh, in 1975, Sony introduces the Betamax videotape system that just did not make it. Um, in 1975, Bill Gates and Paul Allen create Microsoft. Uh, and then, and also in 1975 is a big year, man. Mm-hmm. In 1975, the popular late night sketch show Saturday Night Live airs for the first time. Now, that's pretty freaking cool because, I mean, Saturday Night Live is still amazing. I mean, just like any other show, there's always ups and downs, right? Like you have the you have multiple significant main groups that have come out of SNL to have huge, amazing careers, you know, um, like Steve Martin, Tina Fey, Chris Farley, like each one, each like set of comedians very much were known for certain periods of SNL. Um, and it was cool to kind of see the change over time of, you know, who was there or who wasn't as big and then they left and then who came back, um, came back into the picture or who came in new that really just kind of blew SNL up again. It was interesting to see. Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, that's it's it's not even arguable that it was definitely the jumping point for a lot of people's career. Uh, right. You know, the whole list that you gave out, I mean, like. uh Mike Myers, Dana Carvey, mm-hmm. um, those guys. I mean, they were comedians before that, but that's really where they kind of got their start. Um, right. Dan Aykroyd. Yeah, yeah. Some of their skits got turned into movies with uh, um, <clears throat> Blues Brothers and uh, Wayne's World. I mean, those were Saturday Night Live skits that turned into kind of cult-followed movies. Right. Um, it's It's cool. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's been huge, not just for entertainment value but just for people's careers absolutely if you guys still watch and enjoy snl give us an email at youngnostashapod at gmail.com let us know who your favorite pack of snl was back in the day Uh, 1976 steve jobs and steve wozniak create the apple computer company which uh there was obviously a big feud between microsoft and apple as apple um tried you know 
they were obviously ahead of their time as well, but they were upset at Microsoft because they felt like they were pretty much ripping off their operating system and how the start menu worked and how search mm-hmm. worked and how all your files were organized. And they feel like Microsoft was treading a little bit too close um, to to what they were doing. It was actually, if you ever see uh, the movie Jobs, or is it, I can't remember if it's Jobs or Steve Jobs, whoever had um, Ashton Kutcher in it amazing yeah. movie yeah, i think it was steve Jobs. so freaking good okay so freaking good it was an amazing show and i would highly recommend to anybody yeah that was to watch that watch that we didn't watch it when it first came out we watched it a couple years ago um but yeah as far as i can tell too it as far as a a movie about someone's life it it was probably one of the more closely Oh, maybe I should I should start that over. It follows his actual life very closely, more so than a lot of other movies mm-hmm. that do the same thing. Um, from what I could tell, and from reading about his actual life, right. And there's something that like really intrigues me as a viewer of entertainment is when you can just tell how much time the actor or actress put in to get that part right. And this like Ashton Kutcher is an amazing actor, and he got that part down to a science even to the way that Steve Jobs walked in real life. I mean, everything was, like, perfect. Oh, yeah, he had crazy. his walk, his mannerisms, his facial expressions, uh-huh. everything. It wasn't just him up there pretending to be somebody else. It's like he right. was Steve Jobs for the duration of that movie. He was absolutely fantastic in that movie. Um, okay, 1976, NASA introduces the first space shuttle, the Enterprise. I would highly recommend you also look up pictures of NASA's The Enterprise because... This is what I feel like, you know, when you think NASA, this is the kind of thing you think of, right? The space shuttle, the iconic black and white Mm -hmm. kind of weird shape doesn't really look like it should be flying in the air at all. (laughs) Um, But it's the coolest thing. And then they even have pictures, I think, way back on its like 40th anniversary or something like that. They actually carried the Enterprise on the back of like a jetliner to like trans like uh, transport it somewhere and it's just interesting to see this big plane on top of another plane oh yeah well it's yeah that's, you know what i'm talking about they did that all the time it wasn't just the 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 initial uh space shuttle they did that throughout the entire run of space shuttles oh um, okay okay because how did that work they lost they launched in was they la- launched in texas and returned in florida or vice versa but they, you know, in between launches, you'd obviously have to get the shuttle back to wherever it gets launched from, and it has to get right torn down, and they get it ready for it to be relaunched again. Um, but yeah, it's like it's launched and returned in two completely different areas, so you have to transport it somehow. Right, and it's just crazy that that kind of stuff you needed to figure out. Right. Okay, now guys, let's do it. We're putting a plane on a plane figure out how to get it done. It's like, okay, here we go. <laughs> Great. Um, in 1978, the computer video game Space Invaders is released. Absolute classic. Uh, 1979, the Three Mile Island nuclear incident occurs in Pennsylvania. And also in 1979, the Walkman is introduced by Sony. You ever have a Walkman? I, d- I never did, no. I did. On the tail end of cassettes being still popular i had it was i don't think it was actually like sony it was a some off brand but oh, I had okay one. and it was terrible i love but it man that's what it was <laughs> it was terrible 
<laughs> better than like those portable record players we saw that one time that's true and honestly <laughs> to an extent it was better than the portable cd players too because they skipped at least the walkman didn't skip uh-huh right right all right big guy what's next all right so we just have here we have some uh longer ones they aren't not super long but definitely more than just the 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 main point um threw these in here just because they were more interesting and just goofy than anything else. So <clears throat> the Royal Navy served sailors daily rum rations until 1970. Um, <laughs> the last day of rum was actually called Black Tot Day. Um, sailors wore black arm brands and ships held mock funerals for tots of rum. That's amazing. That is fantastic. And it also seems like a very English thing to do. Yeah, right. <laughs> I don't know why, but it just seems fitting. <laughs> oh my god. Yeah, holding like holding funerals being like, well, I guess this is the end of it. Right. Right. Oh my god. How many people do you think uh, you know, stole a bottle here and there, swiped a little bit more than they were supposed to be rationed? I am 100%. Well, they I'm sure they ran out the supply. It's not like they uh, I wouldn't imagine they dumped it out or they probably didn't just dwindle it down. I mean, there's was probably right. a substantial supply left, so I'm sure people were swiping it left and right. Right. And um, who wouldn't say no to rum? I mean, come on. Right. Um so <laughs> the next one. Uh <laughs> the Oregon Highway Division attempted to blow up a washed ashore dead sperm whale using half a ton of dynamite um in an effort to dispose of its rotting carcass. <laughs> um you know it's bad when it comes to dynamite right right a whale like what so when what they thought would disperse it and help <laughs> it uh either get eaten by scavengers or rot faster uh the explosion actually threw whale flesh over 800 feet away um crushing cars other damage involved and almost oh killing God. bystanders so it basically <laughs> turned into whale shrapnel Oh my gosh! Can you imagine just driving down the highway? Then all of a sudden, you just see like flesh come flying at you, and you're like, your windshield cracks. Yeah, yeah. Meanwhile, you're <laughs> you're losing control because you hit a slippery spot of whale brain on right. the <laughs> right. pavement. Gosh! <laughs> oh my god! Can uh, you imagine the people that were there to set off the dynamite? How close they were, and it was just all over the place. Oh, I'm sure because I'm sure they're thinking, "Oh, this is the greatest idea ever. This is going to work so good." <laughs> right. And he pushes a little plunger down, and it's just chaos. It's it's like something straight out of a black and white, like silent, like comedy film. It's a Buster Keaton know? film, yeah. Yeah, right. Yeah, Buster Keaton film. Yeah. <laughs> Jeez. Um. So next we have uh, the Sesame Street Sesame Street character Ernie's song "Rubber Ducky, You're the One" made it to <laughs> actually made it to number sixteen on the Billboard Hot 100 chart in 1970. That made history. Like it will forever always be on the Billboard Hot 100 at number sixteen forever. I know. I mean, this. I don't know. Like it, I realize that Sesame Street was a huge thing. But it, something just kind of boggles my mind about a Sesame Street song making it that high on the Hot 100. Right. Like, I, I wonder back then in the 1970s, like, what was it that gave them the ratings? You know, I mean, it's not like there's, you know, streaming numbers or anything like that. If there's like 45s and you can just go out. Yes, that's exactly what it is. Get it. 
Really? Yeah. Well, yeah. That's I amazing. mean, just like now, how you can get uh, you know kids music. I'm you just download it pretty much, but right I mean, there was it was the same thing back then. You could get full forty uh, fives and LPs or whatever you want of like children's music, and you could buy full albums of Sesame Street songs. Um, right. Just like you can buy probably, songs from current to day, like cartoons and stuff. You can buy albums of you can buy albums of SpongeBob songs on CD. <laughs> that's that's great. Yeah, I love it. Like it's probably you know that, and along with the uh, documented popularity of like radio stations or something like that. Even you know who knows? Right. Yeah. Exactly. I'm sure there. I'm sure there were radio stations who played it at least once. Um, <laughs> Rubber ducky. <laughs> so. Uh, Moving on, we have Orville Redenbacher paid an advertising company $13,000 to come up with a name for his popcorn company. Um, <laughs> through back and forth, back and forth, back and forth, their final advice was call it Orville Redenbacher's. <laughs> <laughs> they probably just got so fed up and then it's like, look. That is fantastic. Oh $13,000 just to, hey, why don't you just name it your name, man? <laughs> he's like no I, I just don't like it oh my god That's i thought crazy. that was a good one <clears throat> so he could have bought he, he could have bought like 10 ford pintos for that price um yeah well yeah, i think he could have gotten 12 12 no 11 11 uh, and some yeah, change okay all right okay all right <laughs> 11 pintos and then some some parts in case they broke down or when they broke down when they broke down yeah Okay, so last on kind of the list of the goofy ones, we have, uh, it's not really even goofy. Uh, it's kind of cool. Radio Shack <laughs> was one of the first companies to start the personal computer revolution uh, back in 1970 with its TRS-80 computer. Um, so we'd already talked about Microsoft and Apple, but this was kind of the beginning. This TRS-80 was kind of the beginning of the personal computer Um most of the non-commercial market for computers at this time was still uh, pretty hardcore hobbyists that were, you know, kind of really, really into computers. Um, and the general public wasn't really into it yet. Um, so this is kind of the uh, the emergence of the popularized TRS-80. And it's a pretty cool right. looking system. I, I uh, we're looking at the same photo here, but I was looking at uh, looking at them earlier today as well. Um, and it's really kind of the emergence of gaming, too, was one of the big reasons why people, other than just regular hobbyists, were starting to get into it was how easy it was to uh, play games on them. Absolutely. And, and it's interesting to, like you say that, when you look at the other pictures, and some of them either even have, like, integrated floppy disk drives or... Mm -hmm you know, external floppy disk drives. But that kind of stuff was huge. Like when the Apple II came around, that's when that stuff really kicked off. But I feel like Radio Shack, you know, is getting kind of shacked here. Rest in peace that they're not like with us anymore. <laughs> but I mean, come on, Radio Shack was kind of ahead of the game with all this kind of stuff. It's interesting. Yeah, yeah. And I think Radio Shack, I used to be a a regular in Radio Shack. Um, not because of all the crappy RC stuff they did and their other electronics, because you could buy the same or better stuff for cheaper elsewhere. 
um, electronics right. wise, but I was always back in the component section. I was buying like the switches uh-huh. and the little bulbs and uh, relays and resistors and diodes and like the the drawers in the back that only the nerds go back to and they actually are looking for like the little <laughs> bags of components and stuff. And so that was kind of my right. staple. Um, and it kind of, I think Radio Shack is just definitely 100% one of the companies that end up falling just because of online shopping. Um, I know, which sucks. Cause like, you know, if you were looking for one certain thing, you can guarantee Radio Shack would have it. Right. Like, right. you know, one certain kind of electronic part that was maybe not very common or, you know, just like, oh, I've, I've know I've seen this before, but nobody ever carries it. And it's like Radio Shack will have it for sure. Oh, yeah, definitely. Um, so I used, I was pretty bummed when the one in my town uh, ended up closing up. But, uh, you know, it's kind of hard to beat. You know, you think, okay, you go in there and you buy resistors for example let's buy five resistors well maybe that'll be five bucks you know just picking arbitrary values well i can go on amazon buy that same resistor in packs of like 600 for like 30 (laughs) cents you know they're so stupid cheap that you know it's it's bummer that they went out of business but it's also like well what are you gonna do how are you supposed to compete with that and Right. For right. those kind of prices, yeah. obviously I'm not I'm gonna stop going there too, especially with like two day delivery. Right. So No, I absolutely conversation um, for a different day, right. I guess, but Right. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> all right, finishing up this episode, the first and biggest Christmas gifts throughout the nineteen seventies. Um the first one here is a stylophone musical toy, a mastermind wizard. Um I'm not exactly sure what this is or it's a how sy- it works. It's a synthesizer, basically. So if you, oh, okay. the, the speaker's kind of on the top, but there's also that there's a little board down on the bottom, and it's basically they're all uh, like copper contacts, and then the okay. pen has a contact on the end as well. It's almost like a stylus, and as you would touch the different contacts, it would basically put out a different tone, and it's almost laid out like a piano keyboard where there's like. Obviously, like the white keys, and then there's the the black keys in between. I'm not a piano player, but right. uh, um, the, that's the, kind of cool. The board on the stylophone is set up exactly the same. It's basically just a synth- synthesizer, and it knows when you touch each contact. That's cool. And I wonder if you could get maybe like another pen or makeshift pen, so then you can do two things at once. I just go yeah, to town. I, I don't I don't know about that at all. I would not be surprised um, if you could do that. That's cool. Mm-hmm. I like it. Uh, in 1970, Totes brought the first quality folding umbrella to the U- to U.S. markets. Quality, quality folding umbrella came in 1970, which leads us to imply that prior to this, we had umbrellas, but they were all terrible. Right. <laughs> yeah. Right. <laughs> Guaranteed to flip inside out. Right. So, I guess if you have any experience with terrible folding umbrellas prior to 1970. <laughs> Uh, make sure to let us know. Youngstalsapod at gmail dot com. We want to hear your umbrella oh rant. Right, right. Radio Shack's the only place you can get tote quality folding umbrellas. Um, <laughs> crazy glue was introduced in 1970, although the main ingredient, cyanoacrylate, uh, cyanoacrylate, was discovered in 1942 <laughs> by Harry Coover. 
<laughs> while working for Kodak. So the main ingredient was discovered way back when, but they didn't discover its full use until about 30 years later. And then that's when Crazy Glue um, fixed everything. Right. I guess I don't know why I would have ever even thought about it, but I guess I just didn't realize Crazy Glue was that recent of an invention. I say I recent. I, I mean, that's 50 thought. years ago, but... <laughs> but um, still, it's like... Well, they needed that to fix their crappy umbrellas because they didn't want to spend the money for the totes quality umbrellas. So what you're saying here is we have a Crazy Glue and Umbrella conspiracy. Absolutely. How they made out... Tune in next out- week. Oh, my God. <laughs> yes, it's just like those happening of inventions. People don't want inventions to go out on purpose. Right, right. Yeah, it's all about oh you put God. out crappy products so a, a a shell company can sell the fix to that crappy product at the same time. Right, but obviously there's a conspiracy mastermind behind this all that led us to do a conspiracy episode last week and end this week with a conspiracy to make us think. Yeah, what is that? What was that called? The 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 grand unified conspiracy theory? Yep, yep, grand <laughs> unified conspiracy. They're the ones jacking up the prices for homes, wages and cars. Bam. End of podcast. It's all by design, folks. It is. Thank you so much for joining us. You are uh, conspiracizing to be here listening to us. This is episode 91. Thank you so much. You guys rock. As always, find us out there on your favorite podcasting app. Give us a review if you enjoy what you hear. It would mean a ton to Ben and I. Give us an email at youngnostalgiapod at gmail.com. Let us know what you think about the show, what you want to know about Ben or I, or what you want to hear later down the road. Anything else, big guy? Uh, no, that was a fun show. As always, I like just the kind of goofy laid back shows just like that. Um, we always have a lot of fun. I, I, I enjoy our kind of deeper episodes as well, but sometimes these are just the nice uh, uh, comic relief throughout the week that that you need. I love it. Stay strong out there, everybody. Keep your stick on the ice. As we always say here on Young Nostalgia. (laughs) Keep the bottles empty and the ashtrays full. We will talk to you next week. Absolutely forgot to hit the back button. Thank you guys so much for joining us. We'll talk to you later.